0: Hello, this is Steve Argyle, the sexiest artist alive. Also, I am a liar. And you are listening to Seven Land Hand. It's Seven Land Hand! Woo! <laughs> Extra! Brought to you by Good Games. We've been on a fantasy flight, listener. Not Trump's presidential campaign, or a stay away to heaven, but a weird trek to Gen Con 2016. Gen Con used to refer to the time baby boomers told us they were going to look after our best interests. But now, it's a chance to get more indie than Nirvana in 92. Find hot girls painted green with leaves glued to the delicate bits. See men in fezzes and faux leather kilts. And witness more game-changing booths than a Lincoln assassination. Come on, you've got a Z-man to believe it, man. This is Seven Land Hand. Snuggling up to your delicate bits, it's Matt, keep the home fires burning, McHale.
1: Oh, and I kept them burning. I, In fact, I tried to burn your house down while you were away for did leaving you? me behind.
0: Oh, okay. It didn't take. What did you do while we were away? Or more on that later. More on that later. Okay. <laughs> and with the with us in the tin from Hurstville, it's Jamie Shirley Temple Lawrence. I am a good ship lollipop, <laughs> man. We downed more um, multicolored liquids with Jamie in uh, Indianapolis than uh, one of them—a
1: fat yak or two,
0: yeah, okay, well, a no. fat tire or two. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I had a few of those. Yeah, courtesy of Todd Golden. What Roland. did you think? It was beer, and I was thirsty, and needed <laughs> something beer flavored. It was fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So, man, our, ho-
2: our hotel bar—the entire place—was beer flavored. Yeah, it wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was quite, uh, quite full on the whole. Well, we're going to get to this because today we're talking uh, entirely about GenCon 2016, which happened mm. in Indianapolis in the month of uh, August. Uh, just just gone after re- we've just we pretty much got back. Yeah, so I'm um, tired there. Tired now, so this could be quite lively, might Matt. Matt. You might have to keep us in check. Um, well, given that
1: I, I pretty much vicariously lived the experience through both of you yeah uh,
0: yeah i 'm bitter <laughs> okay well we 're getting back to, getting back to beer <laughs> so what you were talking about what has been on the geek Day this fortnight whilst we 've been away, starting with you matt what, what were you what were you doing
1: uh plowing through uh strange things
0: strange things yeah That's it 's good
1: it 's uh brilliant and i and, and I think Jamie. I can't thank you enough for bringing it forward to my attention. Yeah, no worries. Is, uh, pushing me over there to watching it. And, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I can't wait f- to see what happens. Uh,
0: yeah, no spoilers. Is season? Uh, has season two been... You know, well... I, don't know if I believe
2: they've talked about the fact that they have ideas for season
0: two, yet. yeah. I'll do a bit of US showing off, which is probably what I'm going to try and avoid for this show, but there's probably <laughs> going to be a lot of it. I, I watched two or three seasons, two or three episodes of Stranger Things before leaving for the States. Mm. And I was lucky enough to have a f- three days in New York and then Providence nerded it up in H.P. Lovecraft land. Yes. And um, while I was in New York, madly rushed around, impressed the family because they were all asking me, did you go to uh, the Statue of Liberty? Did you go to the Empire State? Did you see the Brooklyn Bridge? no. <laughs> put, a, put a dot on the map where all the comic book stores were and just walked furiously in between each one and made sure I'd covered it all. And whilst I was doing that, went through Times Square. In Times Square, there was a massive, you know, the massive TV uh, displays, you know, I don't know what you call them. The, Megatron? This, yeah, no. something like the Megatron. You know, but they, were every, <laughs> they were everywhere and, uh, bent, and bent around buildings. He's a Transformer,
1: right? And yeah. What is it? Mega,
0: the Mega. Isn't that right? Screen oh, thing What's embarrassing is that we're getting American listeners now Judah Indianapolis <laughs> opening up and they're going I'm not tuning into this These They don't even know, know
1: what the big TVs are called What the hell are they talking about New York for? We don't live there
0: Anyway, relevant to the story was that on there was Stranger Things This colossal advert yeah. And I stopped and took a video of the video of Stranger <laughs> Things in Times Square and then got out because it was too touristy, you know? And I'm <laughs> I'm all hipster about, you know? Speaking of touristy
1: things, yeah. you had a, a, a interesting encounter, though, in one of said comic shops, right? Uh,
0: which was... Oh, that was the... Uh, the knife-pulling yeah. incident. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I was in... Oh, it's um, worth mentioning. You know, I was in Midtown Comics and, um, yeah, and then all of a sudden there was this, like, kind of why you got a front kind of <laughs> conversation going on. <laughs> and, yeah, some guy... Some really wiry, highly agitated guy was facing off against one of, the, um, one of the employees who wouldn't back down either. He just kept it going and he was all sort of chest puffety, puffy and he was about four foot six, the, the employee, <laughs> but, you know, furious looking. Anyway, it all settled down um, and um, this guy disappeared. And then I, you know, because I was kind of interested in what was going on, listening in on the uh, conversation that they had, mm. and the guy had pulled a knife. Uh, the the wiry, agitated guy pulled a knife on the guy and done the why he got a front, and he had some duffel bag that I didn't know if he was trying to sell comics or not sell comics. And then it, they just sort of disintegrated from there. The whole staff just had a huge argument amongst themselves. The guy, the short, the short guy who... Um, was the employee seemed to at one stage get fired because he took his shirt off and was all huffy and like about to leave <laughs> and then about two minutes after that they're all huggy and yeah man because the boss guy could have got stabbed there you know and you did the right thing and let this just hang out and then they're all best friends again <laughs> it was like this uh, super arc of emotion and, sounds and, very new york yeah and yeah like i said i just hid behind one of the stands while it all happened but mm. yeah slightly intrigued as to the american experience
1: yeah, well, uh, I'm surprised you didn't have your uh, camera, your phone out. Well, I
0: was only two thing. days into the American experience at the time, so I just started thinking, "Well, this is probably going to happen all the time." I mean, that's <laughs> what people
1: do down, nowadays, isn't it? Isn't they just whip their phones out and uh, and uh, boldly take footage of everything that they see?
0: Yeah, I know. The, the rest of the store seemed to just carry on because you know there was a, a sale on DC comic. I don't know. <laughs> Someone wants to get there on Wonder Woman plushies, as we all do. I don't know. Well, apart from Stranger
1: Things, uh, I've dived back into the world of uh, board games on the iPad. Oh, big news here. And I've been here. playing uh, Ascension. Oh, Okay, that's not uh, the big news
0: I was hunting for.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually, there's a couple of good things to come out of Have they, have yeah, they leveled but... up the graphics? No, it's about the same. Okay. But, uh, and then something arrived in the post, and it was uh, my Cold. Samsung VR gear. Oh. oh and so right, now yeah. I'm playing Ascension... Uh, invert in VR. <laughs> so standing in my living room, moving my head around in circles, moving cards from one place to another with my mind. How are you That's moving? That's pretty cool. How do you move the cards? Well, you just stare at them long enough and then they, uh.
0: Oh, they light they up. select. Yeah, yeah. And then you move your head and yeah. they drag. And they it to
1: where you want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So your neck muscles are just like bulking up. Oh, right? they are, yeah. No. Especially
1: the space shooters that I've... I played one space shooter. I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> right. And that, that's something because your head is flicking from left to right, up, down. And and it—it's you've got no awareness of what's going on outside of the headset, right? Does it make you feel like you've got laser vision to shoot? It makes you think like you've got superpowers. <laughs> really? I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, you get the sense of like, oh, I moved that thing. And or I did that. I I selected that menu with just by looking at it. You know, so it we're, does kind of give this this weird sensation of yeah. Uh, we've embarrassed maybe ourselves I do with VR conversations
0: before on this podcast <laughs> because you know when people listen back to this, it's going to be like those guys thought they had telekinesis <laughs> and they, all they were doing was doing a VR set. Well, that's all right. I knew there was no one in the room at the time, yeah. so
1: you know I wasn't. I'm only embarrassing myself here. But uh, the way Justin explained it, you know, where he went to PAX uh, Melbourne and, and he went down, went down, the, down shark the shark egg. cage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it, it's v- totally... Immersive. It's very immersive. Do they have videos
0: and stuff that you can check out with that? Yeah,
1: and, and the whole 360 video, uh, 360 photographs is a big thing. So they've, with the Olympics going on at the moment, there's a lot of 360 photos from that. So you can stand... I, I'm guessing it's just this camera on a um, yeah, like on it. a pedestal that's that mm-hmm. does a loop, and uh, you can see the crowd. and It's it's kind of funny because it's obvious that the people in the crowd weren't aware of the fact that they were being photographed by this thing, <clears throat> because some of the photos, you know, yeah. are, are quite interesting in, in the camera angle and uh, and it's and very exactly true to life. See. I've
0: seen a few of those on Facebook, and you can be um and you can be oblivious to the actual thing that's going on mm. in just the same way as you can in real life. Yeah. Like I was looking at one going, that's this blue sky. What's going on here? Whoa, I'm standing <laughs> on top of a pyramid <laughs> and <it was> like <sighs> straight down.
1: Yeah. So that's, um, that's pretty much what I've been engaging myself in. Um,
0: has it got legs in it? Is it going to be used in the future? Or are we going to ignore it like video uh, phone?
1: I, I think it's, it's, well, put it this way. I've, for the first week, uh, I was giving it a, a go every yeah. every day, just to to play around.
0: You're bored of it already, uh, aren't. but
1: now it's maybe once a week. I, I've been sort of but then it's well, but mind you, you've only
0: been back up so we're talking like a fortnight. So it's just like a console's come out; you play it all the time, and then you yeah. use it off on it and just use it regularly. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: I, I can't really see it has having legs, as you say, because. Uh,
0: I can't I see. I can't see that, how it doesn't. It's because of be that awesome, thing though. where you,
1: you, you're not aware, you're not aware of what's going on around you, and you sort of have this. You lose connection with reality. With, <laughs> you lose connection up. with reality. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is this thing you don't really want to spend too much time doing. So no, that's exactly. It was, good. That. it was fun for a few, for uh, you know, a few know, 10, 15 minutes, something like that. Great, but then. After that, you kind of think, I mean, I mean, it could just be where the technology is at the moment. You think, yeah, okay. Now I've seen what it can do. I can move things with my mind. That, that's the coolest.
0: thing. You're Actually, being these- disparaging of my dream. This is how I want to go out. <laughs> Deathbed scenario. <laughs> VR set on. I'm driving an awesome car. Fabulous sunshine. Bikini girls. Yeah. Um, you know, spaceships flying overhead. The invasion's on. Things are exploding. <laughs> Everyone. Like, this is the greatest day of my life, and I'm dying, but I've got no awareness of it because I've got total disconnect from reality. Can you guys
2: imagine if the apocalypse happens tomorrow and the survivors in the far future, once they've developed advanced technology again, find this podcast? Yes. They're just going to think we were just the dumbest society in the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't I,
2: like VR after a week, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they need us to find this podcast. It's just any of the past 73 <laughs> episodes will probably get them there, I'd say. <laughs> So what have you been getting up to, Jamie, since you got back?
2: Well, I'm actually going to go back a bit further than coming back. All right. On the way there, right. I uh, I caught up with uh, Ballers, The Rock's new TV show. Um, and that was really, really good. It was uh, It's all about he's a, a retired football player who's trying to help current football players manage their insane amounts of money.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen the advert for this, yeah
2: yeah yeah it was really really fun
0: going um, into it are you a so huge rock fan?
2: I am a huge rock fan yeah so but, that's uh, kind of
0: twisted isn't it
2: but it was more than it was more than just rock fan voyage yeah. it was uh, you know the show was really fun had that uh had that whole semi reality vibe
0: to it and It okay. was, uh, you
2: know
0: are they using it was like fun. real real celebs within the show as themselves that sort of thing
2: yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, so, so that was good. So keep put that on your radar, Matt.
0: Which one was that?
1: That was, what did you call it's it? It's called yet?
0: Ballers. Ballers. Yeah. I wish it was taller. I, I, wish I wish it was a baller. baller. I That's wish right. I had a <laughs> rabbit in a hat and a six foot impala. Yeah, baby. Impala. <laughs> Bring him back the 90s. Who sung that song?
1: Oh, God, I don't know. No, I don't That's know. That's a
0: good question. I yeah, have yeah. no clue. David's quiz. <laughs> yeah. All right, up. all right. I've got to run this guy's past you guys. On the way there, no civil war on the plane. On the way back, civil war was on the plane. I watched it once, fell asleep for a little bit, woke up, saw the ending. Thought I don't really know if that had an ending or not. It just seemed to just to finish after a bit of fighting. I better watch it again. Watched it again, <laughs> didn't get any better. <laughs> I'm not so no. sure that there's a movie in there. It just seemed like there was. We're gonna. Um, And it didn't... Well, I was waiting for the comic book civil war to happen. It's like, let's unmask, let's not. Lots of press conference. Here he goes. He's pulling off his mask. Ooh, who is it? That kind of stuff. And then somewhere in there, Captain America gets killed. None of that happened.
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I I didn't mind the movie. But uh, um, it it didn't knock my socks off the way that it did with some of the other people that I I went with. Um, Yeah. I very much wanted more than...
0: Just you know, fight them
2: to fight because let's fight,
0: yeah, <laughs> I sort of got stuck in I got stuck in there, thinking that just, it's just, just the fight, can we just get past this and get back to the story bit again,' Because the story's good, and um
1: yeah, so did they depart from the source material a little bit too much then
0: Is I that don't what you're I think it seemed like they just made a, a marvel superheroes fighting each other movie and just put a civil war on it and didn't really get into the kind of the fun stuff that was in... The Civil War, yeah. like, the comic books are great, you know? They're like, really, oh, shit, this is going on, you know? But bir- Yeah, know. there's
2: some really interesting stuff in there, and, Yeah, and it just didn't happen. We got, you know, like, there was a very good fight scene, don't get me wrong, but um, but it was just one long fight <clears throat> scene, really.
0: What what I thought was super, super cool, though, Spider-Man was great. The guy who was doing Spider-Man I thought was cool. Maybe Spider-Man and some other of the CG stuff looked quite obvious like when they were fighting there was certain moments where iron man looked like he was a cg by iron man and and yeah. even and the other guy you know it really stuck out as pretty bad like it had been rushed out but and spider-man fell foul of that all the time it looked like a cg yeah. spider-man quite a bit but the guy who played him was really cool and uh yeah, spider-man
2: was okay the, the real star of the show for me was a falcon um, every line that that guy delivered was gold.
0: He was so much fun. Yeah, that's yeah, and right. watching watching
1: the Falcon and then Ant Man. Ant Man, yeah. yeah. And I Ant-Man I, was great I too. did watch Ant Man recently, so I'm I'm fully up to speed on that now. And uh, brilliant that
0: that's Ant Man yeah. in Ant Man in Civil War was great as well. He didn't yeah. get a lot, but what he did get, it was just kind of like he was the guy that everyone had ignored, and he was like, it oh, was come a on, great
1: man. cameo. You know, yeah. it's better than yeah. a Stan Lee cameo. You know,
2: really so, well used. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, and but we all know the real
0: reason you uh, watch Civil War. Marissa Tomei is crazy hot. Yeah. Uh, Aunt May, yeah.
1: <laughs> I Which wa- made I, want, sense. I want the Aunt
0: May movie now, <laughs> uh, man. <laughs> That'd Aunt, be great. Aunt
1: May in the younger years. Yeah, it's
0: kind. <laughs> it's kind of like the Rogue One version. You know how it's the people in the Star Wars universe, but not the main guys. We could do that with the Marvel universe. and Just have Aunt May go shopping. <laughs> Aunt May <laughs> goes to the movies. Aunt May. Has a lesbian love affair with her neighbour. <laughs> I know. You know what would make. What I'm, would think make Iron Man I'm thinking aloud. I'm thinking Interesting for me. Well, <laughs> is is Jamie, put Aunt May in the armour. <laughs> in the armour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could be uh, um, like one of Iron Man's like offsiders. Yeah,
2: Spider. Could
1: she
0: be Iron Man? War Machine, May we Machine. Live in a progressive world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. She, um, good performance. I, look, I, I enjoyed it, and. Uh, the other one I caught up with very recently was um, I watched uh, Killing Joke. Oh, oh good? DC Animated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're always good. Um, I'd not read the original okay. comic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I went in there with no expectation. I just went in there knowing that I've, I've seen a few uh, of the DC Animated stuff. And I really enjoyed it because I, I had, no I think, I know I've heard a bit of, scuttlebutt that that's various people didn't enjoy it uh because they thought either it was it took too long to get going or they departed too far from the source material uh however uh, i i really enjoyed it for what it was from
0: they've know. always got to know they were playing with fire going in there like a lot of people are going to be upset because of the, the source material versus the on-screen yeah. stuff but um because it's a, such a big story and i, I think it was um it wasn't even supposed to be canon, but it was that good. It became canon. Yeah. I, r- I
1: really like the ending. Uh, well, that... The ambiguous ending. Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Worth watching. Yeah. I'll, I, wanna, I'll, I will see it. I will see Have you seen it, Jamie?
2: No, not yet, but uh, you know, it's on my list.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got to do more of that DC animated stuff because I just hear big, good stuff about it. And every time I've seen it, it's always, I'll just check out the first couple of minutes of this and then I just watch the whole thing.
2: The other exciting thing that I've done lately... <clears throat> it's yep. not that exciting, is uh, I took all of the games out of my games cupboard.
0: Oh, dear. This is going to be my, a 7 line hand classic big. question.
3: <laughs> my
2: games cupboard is a four-door cupboard. Right. Um, and uh, I dusted them all, and I culled a couple out, and I, I put them all back, and, uh, and you want to know how I put them back?
0: Yeah, that's what we're waiting for. 7 line hand and classic question. How do you store your uh, board games? <laughs> By box shape. By box shape i was yeah, doing a so, little bit of this the other day actually yeah so what did you find yourself doing
2: uh so all the ones that were rectangles and yeah. the same size yeah went in together all the squares went in together all the long coffin boxes went in together all the little stuff went in together you know it was uh it was very much and, and i thought about it as i was doing it you know like i, I thought about trying to do it by color but <laughs>
3: There's just
2: no way. <laughs> that many games. No. I found
0: myself doing exactly the same thing at the uh, Cannington Good Games Store the other day. I was uh, messing around with the, the games library. Uh, don't worry, I'm allowed to. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, I took all the games out of this cabinet, moved the cabinet, then put the games back into the cabinet and found myself doing exactly what you did, Jamie. Just all the, the square boxes, you know, like the ticket to ride size square box. Yeah. Yep. All of them had to go and, you know, it made a nice tower. And then next to it, all of the other boxes are rectangular ones, all the same. There's a massive amount of satisfaction in that. Matt, you should try it. I don't know if the color thing needs to be pushed on with.
1: Well, I'm running out of space. Um, what I, <laughs> I, I picked up um, uh, Agricola the other day, now for an awesome, awesome price. Yeah, fifty uh, percent off, uh, which was brilliant. Wow and, and i 'm pretty sure i 'm not hundred percent certain of course but i 'm fairly sure that it was the only retail copy left on the in the country yeah. if not the planet because it seems to be sold out everywhere
2: yeah it's between printings right now
1: yeah, yeah. so I'm, I think Farm, I, I farmers everywhere myself...
0: farmers everywhere are desperate <laughs> to get a copy of that game but
1: unfortunately what it means for my collection is that i 've out grown the shelf space and I'm now stacking them on top of the shelf.
0: No more orange coloured games to match it up with?
1: Oh, no, I, I've got, got games I can boxes? match with. But ah. all that does is just push another game yes. off the shelf. So, a less uh,
0: deserving game? Yeah, so I'm yeah. going to,
1: well, because I'm going by this colour thing, it's the, the one that has the, the most looks like something vomited on a box. That That's the one that gets
0: put what, to the What's the extreme of the colour spectrum for the boxes? Uh, well, do, you, do you do the colour wheel?
1: <laughs> well put it this way. I, I I the ones at the very end are white. <clears throat> and that's your Takedos, your time nah. stories.
0: It, is it black at one end, white at the other? It is
1: funny enough, it's actually red at one end. Okay. And
0: white at the other. Right. I don't know why. Gonna...
1: It should have gone black. You're probably right.
0: But it's never gonna make sense to us, is it
1: this? But you know what I found is I didn't really find too many of the games that were, were very were pure black. Um I found they were always sort of AEG, very dark big blue. Box. Oh, I don't have... That. No, no A G big boxes. Yeah. They're either dark blue or, or very uh, dark brown, Abyss. that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that like very Abyss dark blue. blue? Yeah, it yeah, was a dark blue. Oh, right, was, yeah. yeah. So there's the nothing, nothing true black. I think Monstrous is... Not Monstrous. Um... Uh, Monster uh Kingdom Death? Kingdom Death Monster is probably the only <laughs> truly, truly black truly black
0: Ooh. Escape from uh, uh, uh yeah. what is it? Escape yeah. from aliens in outer space or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that one. That's, that's Solid black. black. Yep. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. But I don't have that. So you know, I don't have either <laughs> of them. So, yeah. you know, the, the, I can't I can't uh, include yeah. them. All right. Code Names Deep Undercover, that's black,
0: <clears throat> is it? Oh, yes, exactly. Good one, because uh, Code Names, we're recording that episode next week. Not yeah. Deep Undercover, but regular. Look forward to that, listener. Yeah. In the meantime, just want to shout out to Steve Argyle, who you heard at the top of the show with his uh, amazing French impression of himself <laughs> as, as Steve Argyle, the artist. He also, at Gen Con, has the best business model ever, best presentation on floor, where he has a huge booth with his name on it and his art everywhere, as do other artists, then he does exactly what I would do. He sits in the corner and remains as innocuous as possible he has his super engaging, super friendly wife out the front going, hey, everyone, hey, nice shoes. You should come over here and have a chat to me. And you're walking along going, yeah, I I didn't realise my shoes were that nice. I will come and have a chat to you. And then all of a sudden you're having a chat with the Steve Argyle booth. It's genius. It's exactly what I do. I'd have my wife up the front, talking to everyone, and hide out the back with my antisocial ways. I think Jamie, J- can correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but you don't
1: you hire people to walk the street with signs for Hurstville? <laughs> Where well, did
0: Not you often. hear that?
2: I have in the past once in a while.
0: Yeah. And what what kind of people were they? Uh,
2: we've got a very good friend of the store who's moved to Japan currently. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know.
3: Like his Summarine. IQ is not single digits, but
2: um, but he's not the brightest spark in the box. Aww. And we love him because of it. Don't get me wrong. Sasha is a, he's a great kid.
0: We but, love uh, we love our Japanese listeners, by the way. Of which I think yeah. we have zero. That's At the one, moment. That's one bracket. I think we have not got any. I haven't seen anyone come in from Japan.
1: Well, we need to come up with some sort of uh, yeah, some something that will engage them. But speaking of Jap- uh, Japanese non-listeners. Yeah. Let's talk about some Canadian listeners for a moment. Okay. Uh, I've had word from Harlan at the Invictus stream they that got the they badges. received the badges. Yay. So, and uh, they gave us a shout out, very kindly gave us a shout out on their uh, most recent um, Mind Over Matter RPG episode on it's YouTube. Fabulous. And it took three so, weeks yeah. to get there. Thanks, US Post. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> Moose. That, I think it went from U- UPS to uh, Canadian Moose Mail. That's how it uh, got there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they, have they put the have they put the uh, hypermagic nerd badges on the wall?
1: I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, because that's what they wanted them for, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this is
1: the pressure now. So you know they'll listen to this podcast and then yeah. they'll have to put the up. If
0: you're listening, we're tuning in <laughs> just to look for the seven landhand hypermagic <laughs> nerd badges. They've
1: been uh, recently doing their summer uh, games yeah. thing that they do, which is about five weeks where they play a, Down a number on the of beach,
0: lots of sun cream <laughs> RPG, well actually and they the play sand. a
1: number of one-shot rpgs from different systems and you know big community involvement that sort of thing and so they've just finished that and have gone back to deadlands so uh yeah okay big thumbs up to harlem chris justin michael david and alex
0: mika Micah,
1: michael michael yeah michael yes that's michael right he
0: spells it wrong, wrong. Yeah. not wrong a different lead <laughs> great guys all right, well, we've gone long on um, Week in Geek, but we haven't chatted for quite a while, nice. so that seems fair. So with what we've got coming up today, listener, is um, a couple of grabs of interviews from people that we uh, spoke to in uh, Gen Con. So uh, pardon the uh, sound quality. Some of it's a bit... But I think we got there. Well,
1: and, it sounds like a convention hall.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a convention hall. Also, uh, I'd just like to preface all of this, and I will do this several times, I was very, very tired Tide equals more stupid. And uh, I realized there was a few gaps in uh, knowledge that I had, and then I had less <laughs> because I was out of it. And also, Jamie stitched me up, but we'll get to that later on. Uh, <laughs> all right, more of this later, then, yeah? Let's all right. do Let, it. Let's play some guitars. Let's do it. Win Colt Express for commenting on our Facebook post for episode 72. It's now pinned to the top of our page uh, at facebook.com forward slash Seven Land Hand. Renee Soria won Cthulhu Realms last month by leaving his thoughts lying around in comment form on that very page, and uh, mm. you can do it too. Along with, uh, well, at the moment there's 32 people doing it, so not not difficult odds to win, nice. but it's growing all the time. So go and surprise that a bit of you.
2: Peer pressure, yeah. 32 people doing it. Why aren't you doing it?
0: Exactly, and it's growing all the time. Okay. So
2: as long as as long as we're clear, that's okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and, the, and get in there before the rest of the world catches on because Indianapolis Good Games is just open. Yeah. So that means that Indianapolis, Indian, Indianapolis. Yeah. How yeah. many people yeah, are in the coming. US? How many people? Uh, well, we've got uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, that's two. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, yes. Kate Beckinsale. Is, is she? she's English. Surely
1: she lives in America, though.
0: Probably. So that's at least four. So it could be 36 before the end of the week once those guys start jumping into the comp. Anyway, so while stocks last also, Seven Land Hand listeners can get 10% off Colt Express at every good game store in the colonies. All you have to do is holster your weapon, ask your good game store employee for some chewing tobacco, and mostly, most of all, state this month's password, reach
2: for reach for
1: the
0: sky. There you go let's say with a, a cigar hanging out of your mouth Clint Eastwood style I think for extra Reach. points yeah, maybe on. maybe start thinking about the expansion pack if you can do <laughs> all of that um, yeah so for, for all of August it's Reach for the Sky and that's Wild Stocks for the sky, punk uh, Alright <laughs> that sounds unreal for the punk that's uh, <laughs> Dirty Dirty Harry Dirty Harry goes <laughs> wild west
2: oh one Clint Eastwood's as good as another right
0: <laughs> yeah it's the same thing we love it all All right, uh, back to the show now with um, a whole bunch of interviews from Gen Con 2016. Listening in. All right, welcome back. Um, Hello, team. Do you have your European accents ready? All right, that's us practicing ready for, say, Spiel des Jahres. Yeah.
1: Spiel, des, Spiel
0: des Jahres. No, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, you'll hear me. I'll, I'll st- I'm <laughs> all over it in the, all the wrong ways during this uh, interview that's coming up. <laughs> Before we hear, it, it's with Martin Klein from Spiel des Jahres, who did coach me on how to say that. I hope I'm doing him justice. Um, in the next few months, we have because of being at Gencom, we talked to some amazing people and set up some really cool uh, full-length interviews, which will. Um, Definitely be following up and uh, talking to some cool designers and such like, nice. and artists. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. And uh, also a few new bumps that you'll hear at the beginning of the um beginning of the shows you'll be able to tell them because they'll have the the game convention sounding effects that we've (laughs) added afterwards to make them sound (laughs) legit (laughs) (laughs) it's great it was amazing how good the sound quality was at gen con huh it was brilliant and we just thought no we have to dumb this down we have to really make it scratchy and sound like it's in a massive (laughs) convention center yeah um but overall i think what i'd love to say is that it as per in any game store you know when you get that Fabulous community feel that we seem to have in the gaming world. It was just amplified within that massive convention, loads of people mm. there. It was just the same. It was just everyone was having a great time. Uh, really, you know, there's. Lots of opportunity to have 60,000 people go yeah. through a convention centre and just really piss each other off. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you know, they're in a confined space. It, a confined a lot space. People have been, been asking
2: me since I got back, you know, like, what was it like? Yeah. And, and the best, I mean, the two best things that I've been able to say to, to try and get it across is imagine the biggest con you've seen in Australia, multiply it by about two.
0: Oh, but it's all yeah. tabletop. Yeah.
2: All tabletop games, which is which is just amazing. Oh, you're like, talking
0: any convention for any subject. Not I'm talking Grem- any convention. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm t- take your supernova, multiply it, and then you've got that. But it's all tabletop. It's amazing. And the other thing is that just the availability of the industry to you when you're at Gen Con is Absolutely, amazing. yeah. Unbelievable. We were literally, our booth, literally backed onto the booth of the people who do Spiel des Jahres, which is how we ended up with this yeah this interview
0: yeah, it was incredible. We were neighbors and and, and just for perth, perth listeners on that scale that Jamie just said of "Get your supernovas and times it by two i 'm thinking times it by about eight to oh, get really? Gen con that's how big it was. yeah, yeah. it was massive. You, you know it was I would go in in the morning and start at Artist Alley, thinking I would go and look at the games wouldn't get out of Artist Alley to be chatting with all the artists, buy some prints. The doors would open and you could look down the corridor and see just thousands of people waiting at these doors, waiting for the guys at the doors to say, you can come on in. Because between yeah. 9 and 10, it's kind of exhibitor time. And I, uh, the artists would be chatting nicely, signing my prints, and I'd be like, going, <laughs> come on, man, hurry up. I'm loving talking to you, but i got to be out of here. You're about to get crushed. Yeah. <laughs> they would hand over the art, and then it would be... This happened every single day, I'll tell you. Every single day, I would turn around, they'd let everybody in, and the throngs would just come along. And then I had to go from the top... What I was imagining is the top left-hand corner of the convention mm-hmm. to right, the bottom right-hand con- corner where our booth was with these prints, which just required one person to bump into me... And they were destroyed. And I was like, you know, walking with them in the air, walking sideways, guarding them, you know, with my body. It's like trying to, it's like a, like a really subtle rugby tackling kind of way through this crowd.
3: Nice and easy. Yeah,
0: and it was such a long way, you know, like if you were walk, if I was walking full belt, it would take me a couple of minutes to get there. When the crowd was in there, it took me quite a while to get, get from one end to the other. Huge.
2: David and I are making it sound terrifying, but it was, in fact, great fun. Yeah. Oh, it was, so, it was
0: great fun, yeah, absolutely. Just,
2: yeah, a really, really amazing vibe for, for gaming. Yeah. But to take it back to, uh, to what we're here for, um, Martin is uh, one of the judges of, of Spiel der which, yeah. of course, is probably the most important award given in the gaming industry. It, uh, the German Game of the Year is, is so important because Germany has just a massive gaming culture. It's, yeah. it's sort of like television is to anybody else um, sitting down and playing games with your family so yeah, when yeah. they say something's good they know what they're talking about
1: and there are there are a few categories aren't there there's the excuse me there's the the kritisch spiel which is the critics
0: no we'll, is that right We'll unwrap that because you planted that seed of, of information to my head and I dropped that on Martin and got shot uh, down which we'll hear in a second right okay, cool um, but what I look at say um, yeah so Martin Klein is who we're talking about. And, yeah, like Jamie said, he's from the Spiel des Jahres. Spiel des Jahrs. I stuffed it up already, didn't I? Um, Spiel des Jahres. And it was a bit like, you know... He's a Norwegian. Like Jamie was saying, you know, when you're in the, you know, when you're in the office workplace and you walk in and you say hi to the, you know, the admin lady... And then like a couple of hours later, you're passing her in a corridor and it's a long corridor and you're going, oh, I've already said hello. I don't want to say hello again. That'd be weird. And you've got that uncomfortable kind of, you know, nod. Yeah, all right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And you pass each other and you go, whew, got that over with. But then 45 minutes later, same thing. You know, you might go to the toilet. She's coming out of the toilet. So you're going into the toilet. You're like, oh, mm. oh hi, how are you going? It's Too many hellos. It gets awkward, right? <laughs> it's exactly what was happening with Martin. I bumped into Martin about 20 times every day and I ran out of things to say, like nods, winks, you know, cheeky <laughs> grins, like, yeah, thanks for the interview. We'll be catching up with you later on for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. Oh, my God, it became painful. And I'm sure Martin was feeling the same. It's like, who is this idiot? Just, just go away. Stop. What are you doing? You know? And all of our, um, we had mega monstrous going as well. And Mega Monsters had Mega Faith. Oh, that was that was awesome! I saw the
1: unboxing you, <clears throat> of that you did, Jamie, and it looked mm. epic. Now, but,
0: but you know what was awkward about it? The Mega Faith, faith kept going underneath our wall into the <laughs> Spiel des Jahres uh, booth, and I was like, I was going, "Sorry, guys, I've just got to get some more Faith back off of you. It slipped underneath <laughs> the wall." Hey, hey, mate, can we can we have our Mega Faith back? Yeah, yeah, just chuck it over. <laughs> it was a bit like that. <laughs>
1: Um, let's hear these interviews.
0: Yeah, okay. So let's let's listen to me butchering the German language and uh, hopefully learn a little bit more about Spiel together um, because I certainly did. So here's me and Martin and a bit of Jamie. I think I think even you chimed in on this one. I'm pretty sure I do appear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here he is. Right, this so it's Martin from Spiel des Jahres. Right. How's that? Was that. <laughs> That's was, that was that again. was fairly
4: fairly good. Like two out of
0: ten? Uh, no, I think it was good. <laughs> it was pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Hey, would, so just to kick off, you know, like you're backing onto the Good Games uh, booth here, and you've got your the spiel spiel des Jahres. yards I would just call it a spiel, right? That that's make, absolutely. That's fine. cool. Makes my job easier. Yeah. Um, so you, you you are like play testing a few quite a few of the games that you guys have uh, given awards to over the last few years, yeah? Yeah, of
4: course. We are always playing. Uh, the, over the course of the whole year we are just playing new games uh, over the whole year yeah that's in the hundreds so we're playing hundreds of games each year yeah
0: and just try to narrow uh, try to find the best games so what is what is the what is the process to go from just a game that's on a shelf to you know one that you know you get down to a shortlist and it becomes like a contender for the for yeah. the prizes
4: well, uh, the jury consists of um, independent game critiques, and so each of us uh, on his own reviews games and has uh, looks looks for new games. And we, at some point we start discussing the games of the year. We have a, a closed internet forum where we do this, so we just write about the games which we like, and at some point uh, around Christmas we start narrowing it down, yeah. but then there are still new games released which may... Be uh, coming to the race, and uh, some uh, where around April we start narrowing it more and more down, and then we, ha- we we have a meeting where we discuss which games we want to nominate for the categories and uh, which we which games we want to recommend. So how, many pe- how many people are in that forum? Uh, In that forum, for so there's three three awards, and the uh, kids game, Kinderspiel des Jahres, uh, is a known jury because that requires uh, other uh, qualifications than uh, the other two awards, so these these people play a lot with kids, so these are five uh, jury members right now, and then there are consultants uh, that work in kindergartens, for example, that are also part of that. So uh, that's this uh, jury. And the other jury is for the main award, the Spiel des Jahres and the Kennerspiel des Jahres.
0: And these are currently nine people. There's the Critiques. Which one is the Critiques Award? Mm -hmm. These are all Critiques Award. Okay, so, yeah, we're getting... I thought that was the third one. So Okay. (laughs) Do you mean the Kennerspiel? Maybe I do.
4: Kennerspiel.
2: So, So could you tell us the differences between the three awards?
4: Okay, so there's the kids' game which obviously is geared towards towards kids. And then there's the Spiel des Jahres, which is uh, kind of the original award that was created in 1979, yeah. so it's almost 40 years old now. Yeah. And at some point, uh, the jury started uh, to also award the Kenner Spiel. That's what it's called. This is the advanced gamer's game. This is not an expert's game so uh, not for the ultra geeks that know every game by heart but for uh, people who have come in touch with gaming already who've played a lot uh, or a bit but are still not these experts but are interested in learning a bit more to make the next step and that's the Kenner Spiel
2: This year's winner Isle of Sky it's fantastic in that space it's exactly the sort of game that I've I've found lots of gamers just love as soon as they sit down to
0: We're glad to hear that Good choice we, 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 when we bumped into you just a minute ago, you were uh, playing Code Names. Yeah, right. Uh, that seems compared to a lot of the other games that come through, seems a bit more mainstream than uh, in pre- previous games.
4: Uh, Code seems more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, 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 that's that's uh, I'm, that's odd, <laughs> because uh, I've heard the exact different thing. Oh, really? At least at least in Germany, it's considered not so mainstreaming uh, oh. compared to uh, earlier winners, uh, because it is a. Uh, not the not your typical family game. That is a kind of a misconception that that many people have when they think about the award that it's only geared towards families. Yeah. But it basically the the main award, the Spiel des Jahres, means a gateway game for whoever needs a gateway game. There can okay. be different groups of players that need gateway games. If you want to play with your co-workers or something like that, and that's I think that's a where, where code name shines uh, in in groups uh, that have players with the same background it can also work with families but if you adjust to to the to the play style of your kids obviously so martin
2: how do you become a judge how do you join that panel
4: uh yeah well you have to be a a game critique a an, an independent game critique you can't have any connection to the to the industry you're not allowed to be a game designer or something like that and well it's, then you just In my case, I just uh, started a uh, YouTube channel. I'm doing video reviews, and by now I'm also writing reviews for a paper. And at some point, if you are a game critique, then maybe the other jury members get get, uh, to to know you, and they'll just ask you if you want to join them. So if you've shown by doing your reviews that you're capable of what they think uh, is needed to be a jury member, then they'll ask you. So for me, this happened two years ago. I'm... Uh, Right now, I'm the the newest uh, member of that jury.
0: Was it it a goal of yours to become
4: part of the jury? Uh, No, not at all, because before I joined the jury, since I'm... uh, well, the, some of the um, members, are, like, they write for newspapers or uh, for radio; they do radio shows and something like that. And I thought, okay, I have a YouTube channel that's, yeah. that's not comparable to that. And I never thought that this was possible. But they somehow uh, found out about it and thought, okay, we need this guy, we can use this guy. It's how people are
0: communicating these days, though, isn't it? You know, yeah. YouTube and blogs and uh, yeah. on, online stuff. So it's, it's good that they're keeping up with it and keeping an eye on yeah. the stuff you're pumping but, out.
4: But I was kind of really surprised when they asked me. Can I just clarify, you write newspaper reviews for board games? No, I don't write newspaper reviews for board games. I write for uh, die Spieldorch. Spieldorch is a German uh, magazine about board games. But there are jury members that write for uh, for newspapers.
2: That's so wonderful. In, in Australia, we'd be lucky to see a board game in a newspaper ever.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay. That's really good. It's, it's not that common, but we have some that have managed to establish a a board gaming uh, column or something like that uh, in uh, in their paper so for example uh, the head of our jury which is all, who's also here uh, tom falber he writes for the uh, neue zürcher zeitung
0: and that's the biggest newspaper in Swiss, uh, switzerland so that's pretty cool yeah. so what are what are your personal picks what do you play at home nowadays what's your go-to game Uh, Right now, at home, I am playing older games, because right now we
4: are done with awarding (laughs) games, new games slowly start showing up, but it's summer now, and there are not many new releases, it will start uh, in October with the gaming fair fair at Essen. Uh, but right now, this is the period where I can play older games. Yeah, so yeah. one of the games I'm currently playing a lot because my girlfriend just fell in love with it yeah, yeah. Uh, is Castles of Burgundy. If you know that, yeah, so there's a, a, a kind of a modern cl- classic euro game. I just love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, what what's the uh, have you got your eye on any games that, for the future? Like anything that's coming out that you've sort of heard about that you are uh, playing? There are some games I, I look forward to,
4: um, but I've I've stopped. Uh, Paying too much attention to the hype, yeah, because yeah. I, I, I try to get it's into into the nice. games without any hopes, uh, just to see how it really is, without to being having too many too many expectations.
0: Yeah, or too many spoilers
4: or anything like that. Yeah.
2: So, important last question: We always ask this whenever we do an interview. Okay. How do you arrange your games on the shelf at home? Because uh, like our, our co-host colors? likes to do it by color. I like I like to play Tetris and just fit things in wherever they go. (laughs) What's what's your way?
4: I had several different systems. Right now, I'm only stuffing them wherever they fit because it's been it's become too much. And to be true, to be honest, I just before I went to the US, I kind of started moving. So I've started moving in with my with my girlfriend. So I started uh, bringing first uh, boxes of games to her place. So right now, it's a mess.
2: Thank you very much, Martin. We really appreciate the time. You're
4: welcome. Um, and good luck with the
2: awards in the future. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, welcome back to Reality. That was Gen Con. <laughs> this is uh, live Australia, 2016, August. Are you with me? Um, uh, was...
2: Live's been a big call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> live, yeah, partially live. The, uh, the heating in the shed is starting, uh, I mean the pod, is uh, starting to wear off, <laughs> so it's starting to get cold. Yeah, and that was... Uh, that was Martin, Martin Klein. Yeah, Martin, Martin Klein. Klein. He said to me later on, he said, because he was a giant of a man, similar sort of size to myself, if you don't mind. No. He, <laughs> he, was, he was very tall. His last name Klein means small and in German. And he said people for his whole life, as soon as he got tall, were saying, uh, why are you called Martin Klein when you're massive? So you should be called Martin... Whatever, yeah. D. What's, Klein? No, no, let's not make fun of his name. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. Yeah. And he said that my German was, are you ready for it? Fairly good. <laughs> <laughs> when I said Spiel des You mean, des your, you mean your, uh, your English... Yeah, my um, English butchering, butchering of butchering. the German language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really appreciated hearing him uh, as as an Australian listener. You know, we don't come into a lot of contact with the Spiel no. in general. So I really appreciated hearing him explain the differences between the categories,
0: you know? Yeah, it was it was great to hear that, like, they interpret uh, the Spiel des Jahres as a gateway game competition, because mm. I had no concept of that. I thought it was like a... You know, this is the... A, a game that's given an award for its merits, and obviously... You were just looking it up while we were listening to the interview. Yeah, there's a truckload of um, different awards, isn't there? Given out. Yeah,
1: there are different categories. Yeah. Uh, there are three primary categories, but then there are uh, like extra prizes and things like that. So it's not just um, because there are different. I, I guess you can It's hard to compare one game against another when you're take for the main prize when you're taking them out of their own, out of theme, that sort of thing. So you've got all these different themes, all these different mechanics to to take into consideration. So if you're looking for three overall prizes, then of course they've got to take all of those different uh, games genres and style of games into consideration, where I guess if they're looking, you know, if there are uh, extra prizes to give out for for a fantasy game or for... um, uh, uh, kids game. literary game kids yeah. game, then I guess you 're narrowing your focus then and you 're looking at okay let's say there were a dozen fantasy game theme releases this sh- over the last twelve months. you know what is the best out of those so but they're less surprises because they it, it it sound it looks like a lot of things come into consideration um, sales how will they do in primarily in on the German market?
0: I don't know. Did you uh, get The that? Euro market? I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know
2: if it's just just no. the Euro market. I think they do look internationally, but I don't think that they let sales necessarily determine things. No. So, I mean, well,
0: they it seems at... like they, they, they play them themselves and then they think this has got merit. Then they yeah. throw it out to the other guys on the panel and say, let's have a look at this game because I think this is hmm. pretty good.
1: I seem to remember
0: Christoph um, saying yeah.
1: that uh, it's... It's a it's a hard thing for a non-German game to be um, to receive top billing in and a, and a Spiel, you know. And I, I think the last couple of years, though, it has been a French game that's taken it out.
0: Isle of Sky. That's you know what?
1: Yeah, Scotland. So maybe traditionally, well, <laughs> yeah. if you go back to the origins, back it, in nineteen seventy, uh, yeah. if you say nineteen seventy nine, um, where the board game industry in the US and and um, had had not was still I guess in an infancy in some respects, so a lot of the games were coming out of Germany. Yeah, all the you know, good stuff. I mean, all, all what, the new, the... all this new wave.
0: Yeah, what else were we thinking? getting? Like Monop—that's where we got Monopoly and all that sort of yeah, crap was just like around. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> it was really um, nice
2: just to get the clarification on exactly what they are looking at, because so many times I hear people questioning. You know what Spiel really is. Yeah, and uh, you know, hearing it from the horse's mouth is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just and I said to the guys off air, uh, I love the fact that the way that they choose someone to be on the panel to choose is just if you're doing your thing, you know, if you're a gamer, you're reviewing games, and you're good, they just ask you on. And as opposed to our Australian way, where there'd be a red tape scenario where you'd have to (laughs) fill in a form and beg somebody to get into the club. Find tooth and nail. Yeah, and you'd have to, you know, get into the in crowd and and it's it's just fantastic. It's just like, we'll just ask them. We'll just just, just (laughs) get (laughs) asked them. Yeah, whatever. So pragmatic. Anyway... Uh, moving along what we've got now in between the two gamey kind of people we've got a uh interview with Eli Manaya of um he's, he was on the artist uh, alley alley of the artist uh Eli Manaya is a guy who does these amazing ink uh drawings in he works with uh Peter moorbacker who <clears throat> I'll get onto in a minute <laughs> uh, this Eli is a fantastic guy i started talking to him. I make mention of it in the interview. I kind of screwed up a little bit because I knew that the Angelarium project, which has been on Kickstarter, yeah. these uh, beautiful, beautiful paintings um, and collections of, uh, He, I knew that there was another guy that was involved in it. And uh, Peter Moorbacker, who I knew from uh, Magic Art, uh, yeah. Which he then upset Wizards of the Coast by asking and going on protests and all sorts. I don't know what he did, but he upset everybody asking for more. And uh, like in Oliver, he got sent walking. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you mean he, he tried to uh, step above his station? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think so. And I think um, uh, Wizards kind of said, well, we treat artists pretty good. Uh, they're kind of known for treating artists pretty good, right? Uh, but anyway, let's not get into the politics of it. Um, Eli works with uh, Peter on these books, and yeah, like I was saying, that P- uh, Eli's process seems to be like it's got these um, very uh, yeah, it's like very stark white sheets of paper with um, like bold ink. Draw- um, I don't know it's it's hard to describe what 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 his part of it is, but then he gives these renditions of these angels of and they've got this series of and he passes this on to peter who then does his uh you know cg kind of um thing over the top and like transforms into the kind of the the magic art kind of thing that we're used to well i love eli's process and i love a lot of the stuff that he's got there and i'm so sad that i didn't pick up a print of his and he was a lovely guy. I was I was sitting outside of Good Games Indianapolis on the on on the window ledge, just watching people go by, waiting for anybody to show up, Jamie, uh, <laughs> and um, get let into the store.
2: I was it- probably inside drinking.
0: No, yeah. Uh, no, we weren't serving Shirley Temples inside at the time. We were waiting for the drinks to arrive. Uh, and the, and then and Eli walks past with the other guy that was on his stand who was probably also an important artist that I didn't know. And he's like, Hey, I was talking to that guy earlier on. I was like, Hey, Eli, you know, it's like that, and that was the vibe around Indianapolis the whole whole um, Yeah, right. The whole four or five days. I mean, we didn't touch on that earlier on. Everybody had a Gen Con pass around their neck and they wore it 24-7. No, I'm not joking, 24-7. And if you walked out on the street, people would have their um, access passes around their necks all the time. Mm. It was convention town. Every single place you walked into had Welcome to Gen Con 2016. Do you, do you think it's, it's kind of
1: like it is here in Australia where if everybody's going down to Margaret River for the holidays, yeah. all the locals leave?
0: No, no, the locals were right into it. They were welcoming yeah, them. No, they, because they were very much into it. Because mm. they knew what was bringing money into the town. If you go and buy a pizza and a beer, they know you're in town because you've come to see Gen Con. So come on board. We love you, the fact that you're being here because you're bringing money to Indianapolis. Mm. Because it was a bizarre town in a, in a, in a, in a certain respect because like, from walking from a couple of blocks from the pizza and beer place back to Good Games... In Australia, you would think you would pass somewhere like a deli where you would pick up like a bag of chips or you'd be able to get a a liquor store or a bottle shop and pick something up. I walked back from the pizza shop thinking, oh, I'll get some chips for the guys. You know, we're having a few beers, that, this, that and the other. Couldn't find any anywhere. There was no stores. (laughs) I'm in the center of the city, you know, and I can't buy a bag of chips, you know. Wow. It was bizarre. Um, But, you know. In different ways. But it, the, I think the, it seemed like, I mean, it's a very small sample size, but it seemed like the whole city was uh, is almost there to support conventions. And the, when a convention happens, it becomes alive with whatever the theme of that convention is. I can imagine right now they'll have a convention on Tupperware or whatever, and there'll be people <laughs> running around doing. Tu- I don't know, you know. Um, last point before we li- listen to Eli, though, is uh, Peter Moorbacker. He stu- stood me up like uh, the ugly girl at the um, uh, school ball. I had an interview lined up with him. I said, happy to talk about stuff. I'm not going to say what stuff because that would be plugging it. So I'm going say, I'll be happy to talk about stuff. And uh, I said, I'll, I'll meet you at your st- I'll meet you here at your stand uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. Is that cool? And he goes, no, no, no. What booth are you at? And I said, uh, no, 2,500. He goes, I'll, I'll come to you between 9 and 10, which is the vital hours of the morning. That's when you go get your stuff from other exhibitors. Yeah. I waited for him between nine and nine thirty. He didn't show up. Uh, I just bailed because, yeah. As so soon as he, he was said there that, at nine thirty-five. No, nah, he wasn't because we had people there at the time, and I said, did he did he come after that? And he didn't. He just he just uh, he just did that whole thing of yeah, hey, I'll meet you there, and then had no intention of showing up, uh-huh. as far as I can tell. So I told Eli, and Eli said he was going to rub him like you know, he was going <laughs> to tell him he was going to rub him up. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, we'll see. Maybe we'll get an email from Peter saying he's apologetic or he did it on purpose <laughs> and screw you guys. I yeah. think it's probably the latter, right? <laughs> so, yeah, do buy Angelarium, but do it because Eli's involved and not because Peter's involved at this stage until we repair our internet relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, here's Eli. Eli. <laughs> Are we on? You're on. Oh man, here we are. This is uh, I emb- who I emb- embarrassingly met as the other guy as I pieced it all together <laughs> for uh, Peter Moorbacker's, uh, well, and Eli Menea, is that right? Manaya. Yeah. So you've got an interesting process that you guys work through to get these books out and this art stuff, isn't it? It's uh, pretty interesting. Can you would be able to like, explain to people um, sure. your uh, part of
3: the process? Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, uh, initially it starts with a lot of research, uh, so figuring out what my subject matter is. In the case of uh, *Book of Emanations*, it was the Kabbalah. So I went through, picked out a lot of the symbols that were important to that religion, yeah. and derived, you know, visual notes and sketches for for what I wanted these things to look like. Once I figured out their designs, I executed some illustrations and then handed them off to Pete. Yeah. Pete then ran wild with the. He got to, to kind of draw from the poetry, from the symbols, from my illustrations to make these fantastic paintings. Uh, so they're very symbol rich. Yeah, uh, and he was able to kind of just, like, run with it. You know? and, you, and you do some of the writing as well, is that I, right? I do I do all the writing. I'm the primary writer on the uh, on both books, uh, Book of Watchers, which is coming out, and Book of Emanations, which has been out for a year now.
0: Yeah, so as, as it stands, we've we got three or four days left of the... Yeah, they are so,
3: both, yeah. yeah. yeah I think we're part. at a... Hundred fifty-five thousand. Yeah, if I don't, right. if I don't mean to brag. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> but
0: by, this will come out in uh, like a few weeks, so it's probably already been and gone. But will people be able to catch up with that book? And
3: in- yeah, once the, once the Kickstarter closes, you'll be able to go back to that same page and pre-order.
0: All right, fantastic. Because um, you, you usually have uh, prints and stuff like that that comes special prints that uh, come over the Kickstarter? Typically,
3: yeah, that stuff will be exclusive to the Kickstarter, but we'll have other goodies for, like on the website, and yeah. I'll be doing ex- exclusi- uh, sorry exclusives on my website, uh, badking.com, which is bad-king.com. Dash or underscore? Dash. Dash. All right. <laughs> now, just because I'm really fascinated by it, yeah, is
0: right, yeah. your process as far as doing the artwork. You know, people will be will recognise Peter's work because there's a lot of magic players listening to this, and uh, and they'll know uh, Book of Emanations from before. But the art that you do for it, it's quite a lot different, isn't it? We were talking about yesterday in terms of inks and yeah. Uh,
3: what, my, my process is uh, it starts out traditionally. I do a lot of ink drawings for for, for all the drawings. So they get scanned in and manipulated in Photoshop. I then paint back into them. Sometimes I'll print, paint on the print, rescan. It's a very organic process. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're so, doing actual medium uh a mixed is, media kind of yeah, approach yeah. yeah it comes out
0: really nice and the end product's beautiful isn't it it's like
3: i, I, I enjoy the the work so yeah, i'm you know. sure peter helped, loves you helping him out oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, him. oh a little bit well, this time around on, on book of watchers we flipped it uh i'm keying off of pete's work this time oh, yeah. uh, so my approach is a little different too because of that uh, so you'll get to see some of that kind of change in the next book
0: Oh, well, beautiful stuff, Eli! Thanks for taking five. of it. up. This is costing you money talking talking to us. There's people queuing up ready to ah, buy prints. It's fine, it's totally worth it. I, I don't appreciate think we it. can afford the bill. <laughs> All right, thanks for your time, Eli. It's Thank brilliant. you. All right, cheers. All right, well, that's Eli Mania. He's. I, I think listening to him again, honestly, I think he's one of the nicest guys I met on the floor. I mean, everyone was great. Don't like get it. me wrong. He was a really, really genuinely nice guy. Had loads of time for talking to us and. And not just that. I mean, he didn't know us from anyone, you know. And we were just—I was just there showing interest. And he had loads of time. He's generally, genuinely, an engaging kind of guy. Just
1: an English boy yeah, cool from dude. Australia. Yeah, wandering, traveling across the mighty big ocean,
0: wandering around with big pools of eyes, just like looking sad and lost, dreams
1: and expectations.
0: Yeah, some of that. I'll
2: tell you what, though, his art was really good. Like, yeah, it's worth going and having a look, listener.
0: And it's just amazing how what the the contrast to what Eli's stuff was, and then the end result that you see in the books, which is the Peter stuff. It's like it's a really cool process those guys have got going on. It was was fascinating.
1: Well, just like game designers, you know, there's a lot of collaborative partnerships. Yeah. um, Between the the guy, the designer who comes up with the mechanics, and then the art team, and things like that. So the yeah. So there are a lot of collaborative partnerships out there in. Whether it's art, gaming, that just uh, even film, television, whatever, uh, screenwriting, you know, whatever yeah, you clutter-ish. like. there's just <clears throat> a, a lot of strengthening of these uh, properties that because people work together.
0: Yeah. And they've definitely know? built that Angelarian An thing up's gone great. So I saw the Book of Watches like we were talking about is um The Kickstarter's finished for it now, but Mm. it sounds like you can still get onto it. And I don't know if the first book's available, but I I got that too. And I got a whole bunch of prints off of those guys, And like you've seen, stuck them up in the shop uh, at Good Games Cannington. Um, They're insane. They are insane, aren't they? And you you get those things, stick them in a nice frame, and it's just like, whoa, (laughs) so Mm. heavy. They carry so much weight. Really well done. Um, Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, everything from Eli. Um, so after this, we moved on to the, the big lack of research stitch-up. What happened here, <laughs> Jamie, was um, Jamie said, let's go talk to this guy, uh, Tom Cleaver. I've got some questions here for you. This will be great. Uh, so we're wandering over uh jamie says oh i've just uh, got a text i've got to go do this other thing here's the voice recorder off you you know off you go. i was
2: doing so many jobs i'm so sorry
0: <laughs> so he gave me this so he gave me this list of misinformation about a game i knew nothing about to talk to a guy i'd never heard of before <laughs> sorry tom but anyway we'll get into that later as well um and so i wandered off and i found tom cleaver over in the aeg booth mm-hmm. all right and did my best to learn about Valley of the Kings, which you might all know about, listener. I'm not so sure. Do you know anything about this game, Matt?
1: It wasn't one of...
0: one. Of, I, I mean, I know that
1: uh, Todd mentioned it when we interviewed yeah. him. but because uh, there's
0: many renditions of it now. It's like they use the same mechanic and they've got like about three or four different box sets. Yes, that,
3: three different versions.
0: Yeah, three or four different versions of it now. And it's, it does seem quite interesting. I think... It's in a great and, game. Yeah, in a nutshell about what we're about to hear, it seems like you make a, I mean, you know, instead of your usual sort of trade row uh, in a deck builder, you have a pyramid and that pyramid slowly collapses into, uh, or you draw from and get your hand and that pyramid restocks, Mm -hmm. right? Then to get score points at the end of the game, it seems like you have to discard cards that you require during the game and you score from the pool that you've created at the end of the game, but you don't, as soon as a card gets discarded from your hand into mm. that pool, you can't use it anymore. Yeah. So powerful cards are worth lots at the end, but then you can no longer use them. So that did seem like an interesting thing. Tom does try to explain that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he does reasonably well. Um, and I try to cover by making jokes about various things, which I'm not so sure he got. And uh, yeah, and shall we see how it went?
2: I think I'm
0: excited. Should. Let's let's yeah. hear it. <clears throat> oh my God! Here it comes. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm David. 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 So nice to meet you, Tom. All right. Um, so Jamie sent me over here. A big fan of a Jay- uh, Valley of the Kings. Um, he tells me that you're a, a, an Egyptologist by trade or by profession. Yeah. He
5: got that wrong. He got that wrong. <laughs> Look, that's you're a professional Egyptologist. So tell us more about that. Yeah, uh, I am a. Uh, I have my doctorate in electrical engineering, and I. If that means V. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I teach electrical engineering at the University of Louisville, and design games by night. Does the University of Louisville have an Egyptology wing? No, not that I know of. Okay, our, our research is really poor, then, right? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, visited Egypt and learned about Egypt, and I, and I followed, uh, you know, learning about the mythology after I got back to the states, and then I watched a lot of mummy movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I really was interested in Egypt, and it's. But I'm certainly a dilettante and not an expert. Yeah. Okay. Well, talking about experts, Jamie's played Valley
0: of the Kings. I haven't, but what better way to get to know it than to send someone who knows nothing about it, speak to someone who knows everything about it. So what what are we looking at with Valley of the Kings? I understand it's got a a few interesting
5: mechanics. Yeah, I'd like to talk about those mechanics. First of all, we've got a pyramid. What would Egypt be without a pyramid? So you've got a pyramid consisting of six cards. There's three cards at the base of the pyramid. When a person buys a card, the pyramid crumbles, and the other cards above fall down to fill in the gaps. Uh-huh. This makes other cards available for purchase, and you can sort of anticipate what's going to happen. Yeah. So you load you load up the pyramid from a draw deck that's at the top of the pyramid? That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And another a mechanic that I'm proud of is that you've got a tomb. And it's only what you have stored in your tomb at the end of the game that's going to score. So it's a deck construction game in that you're trying to improve your hand, but it's a deck destruction game in that you're trying to take these great cards and put them in your tomb and they won't work in your engine anymore.
0: That's that's fabulous. That was something we we looked at uh, Cthulhu Realms just recently, which was a deck builder which encouraged you to thin out your deck and make it more powerful. So is that... That's a little bit different in terms. of This this game rewards you for um, removing cards from your active hand, but also it, you get it weakens it as
5: well as it goes. Your hand your hand will weaken yeah. if you take out the powerful cards, but then you will score more at the end of the game. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So how long? So how do
0: you how do you rate when it's time to discard a card or not, and when to keep hold of it? Oh, uh, that's
5: a strategic choice and. Uh, well, that's what we're here. We're here for pro, t- pro tips from the man himself, right? <laughs> there are some people who say you should entomb a card every turn. Right. Uh, I don't think that's quite necessarily true, but almost every turn you should try to get a card into your tomb. So, how many uh, traditionally, how many rounds does it go? What's what's the the course of play? How long will it last for? The game lasts about 45 minutes, and it doesn't matter how many players there are, two to four, mm. Because the deck is the timer. When all the cards are gone, the game's yeah. over. Okay. So it's sort of the clock of your life. <laughs> so you're working through the draw, the draw deck.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what has he got? Oh, you got uh, I understand that there's
5: this Valley of the Kings that we're looking at right now, but there's several sets. Is that right? Yeah. Or some? Yeah. That's right. There are three different sets. Uh, in 2014, the original Valley of the Kings came out. Valley of the Kings afterlife came out in 2015 and last rights came out two days ago two days ago <laughs> that's good time right? just in time for Gen con mm-hmm. they all play with the same rules yeah and they're all standalone games and yet you can mix and match oh, between the games. that
0: makes it fun yeah yeah so is there any uh, it sounds like you've been hitting a new release every year
5: Have you got plans for other ones coming? Who knows? There, there may be a new version out, but uh, I'm not at liberty to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've be,
0: I've been in these conversations before. Okay, well, what about? Um, so you've got a pretty niche sort of interest here in the in the Egypt stuff, and you've been doing the Valley of the Kings with lots of different releases. But now you've got the game design bug, right, Tom? You wanna you wanna spread your wings.
5: Where else are you gonna take your uh, your game designs? Well, I have actually been game designing for about forty years. Like I said, you're just a fresh starter. It's the, it's the, it's the first 40 that hurts the hardest, right? <laughs> but I've only been really successful in the last five years. Um, I did have some earlier games that were published in the 70s, and I had some computer games that were published in the 80s. Awesome. And then I had a hiatus of about 25 years before I came back to it. So
0: there are there any sleepers in that back catalogue that you think you can spruce up and bring forth to the 2000s, the new millennium, or it's not
5: that new anymore? I do have uh, a lot of things in development and uh, it may be premature to talk about them <laughs> yeah now keep it under your hat
0: right keep keep us keep us guessing all right what else have I got here well, what I what our usual uh, closer is on any seven land hand interview is how do you store your games at home you know a lot of us have haphazard ways some of us have very specific
5: ways so if you're your your game collection at home is there a method to the madness well I have Several hundred games, yeah. and my basement is stocked full of these games. I have cabinets I purchased specially to yeah. hold my games.
0: And is there a, so you're after a particular game? Is there a, a sort order to how you find that game, or is it just start digging? My sorting keeps changing from week to week. <laughs> so you're digging for them. Nice, very, very in theme with the uh, Egypt uh, archaeologist theme that we're talking about today.
5: It is. Thank you very
0: much. All right, thanks very much, Tom. That was great. All right, there we go. That was uh, Tom Cleaver, much distracted, mm. and uh, he wasn't giving anything away, was he? He was no. He seemed <laughs> to keep those uh, all that information pretty close to his heart. And
1: and just to clarify, yeah, he's not a professor of Egyptology.
0: No, he's not. No, no. no. But no. he is a professor of something beginning with E. <laughs> Which uh which I've I recorded and we've placed in this podcast for future reference.
2: Oh, yeah. There you go, I was on the right track. Yeah, I think you
0: were pretty close. You're pretty close. And uh yeah. He um yeah, he wouldn't he didn't even give us away really an insight into how he stored his games either. I was imagining wow. that there'd be a nice pyramid shape uh to the storage <laughs> of his game and you know you'd have to play something from the top and replace it at the bottom so that you didn't it didn't collapse. That's a game in itself, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's so that's it. Yeah, I think he sounded
2: a bit distracted there towards the
0: end. Yeah, it was by uh, yeah. There was uh, a a presence arrive. uh, Show Nemesis, uh, otherwise known as the Twat in the Hat, did arrive, and you can hear towards the end of that conversation uh, he faded off because as as we finished, he was out of his chair and heading off to talk to somebody else. And um, yeah, uh, (laughs) he did have. Tom did sort of
1: have that air about him of of someone who has been around the game industry for for quite a long time. Like you said, he's been designing for, yeah, for like 40, 40 50 years. games. I mean, to look I'm at. I'm curious
2: his, about his video games now. To, yeah.
1: what, back pre dating well pre Pong, Atari. Yeah. Atari. <laughs> <that's laughs> <that's...
2: laughs>
1: he
0: um, and to look at his bio photo, he. Uh, Definitely looks like... Someone who would sell Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> so, oh, man. No, we shouldn't have it too much of a go because, look, he's attached to AG, and I did, we did speak to Todd. Yeah. Todd, love, a lovely guy, and I met with him again and tried to get a, a recording of uh, some, some words from him as well to be the first repeat yeah. uh, guest, but um, it just didn't line up correctly. But I would like to point out, seven line hand, when we, uh, you know, we mm. uh, make a claim, we stand by it, we did deliver on the flat tire. Flat tire? <laughs> Fat tire, fat tire, fat it? tire, fat tire. Yeah, we gave, yeah, we dropped off beer at the AEG booth. So um, I haven't heard from Tyler whether he got any of that or not. Because everyone else looked <laughs> very thirsty when I arrived there, and there's a lot of staff.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, if you, uh, much, you know, thanks to to Tom. Yeah, uh, yeah. if he uh, we're having fun, you can't be around in the industry that as long as he seems to have been without having an impact, and and I guess that's what makes uh, you know, younger designers um, and uh, board game reviewers and uh, general idiots like ourselves uh, <laughs> But I think uh, admire just... these people is that the fact that they've been around the block, yeah. they've seen a lot of the changes that have come through the board game industry. But
0: it's that old adage where they say it takes 20 years to become an overnight success yeah. and that's what Tom's been doing. He's been banging out game designs and he's on a really good thing now you know, with, yeah. with, with uh, our friends at AEG who had a really good display, by the way. It was a really good good stand. They were playtesting a ton of their games.
2: Yeah, I went to their big game night. It was so much fun. Yeah. It seems
0: to me like a lot... So
1: much effort goes into this convention. Is is this the biggest board gaming convention on the planet? I
2: believe it is, yeah, in terms of number of people that go through the door. Because I know
1: there's there's Essen and... um, which is pretty big over yeah. in Europe, but in terms of...
0: Well, that's the one that Christoph Christoph Rambort of uh, Cult Express yeah. fame. He was saying, oh, you guys are going to be at S and I'll see you there. Yeah. That was his go-to. So, you know, you've got the whole European community that might not be attending a, the mm. Gen Con. It wasn't like there was a, necessarily a strong uh, Euro game designer there, you know, like uh, we didn't see Bruno there, for example. You know, those sort of guys, they weren't there.
1: Well, I guess they come out of very different... Uh... Different uh, places of points of origin, you know, um, Gen Con originating from back in the day where, where Gary Gygax and uh, is it Dave Arneson and stuff were kicking around creating role playing games and stuff like that, and then deciding to get people together to play these games. And, um, and that's, that's the origin of, of Gen Con. Whereas it's
2: really interesting, actually, there, there's definitely a sense of history. The number yeah. of people I talked to while I was in Indy just hanging around the shop or, you know, talking to us about opening up there, there's so much role-playing history in that town.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Like, well, not that town specifically, but that state. <laughs> um, particularly over in Muncie, which is sort of a couple of towns over. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's just, it's it's literally where guys like Gygax grew up and developed their games and stuff. And,
0: oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get a feel of that. That's really interesting to hear that. Yeah. I did,
2: yeah. I, was, I guess I was looking for it because I know that, yeah, uh, all the guys who do nights at the dinner table are over in Muncie as well. So uh, I was out looking out for them. They're, I'm a bit of a
1: fanboy. Could you imagine then that maybe uh, on the the seedy underside of uh, Indianapolis and uh, are uh, these uh, illicit RPG clubs and uh, you know like the speakeasies and stuff of prohibition times where you just where there's a secret knock on the door and uh...
2: RPG speakeasies. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe we've come up with the concept there. Uh, yeah,
2: is, is it this? Man, I want to go to open mic night. That'd
1: be so great. <laughs> I think we've just created something here. We could start something here in Perth, in uh, Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, I'd be really keen to 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 go and check this out for myself because it sounds like it's there's so much gaming history, so much um, not just an experience. But um, well, actually, no. What I'm, I'm saying is that it would be just an experience to go see all of this for myself. So I'm hoping to make it there you know, yeah. next year, even you know, even if it's just because I'm taking
0: a holiday to
1: the US or uh, yeah, it'd be good fun you know. to
0: walk around there together, man. It'd be good. We should do it.
2: Yeah. So, guys, guess what? What? I think it's time for neats and
0: twos before I go snooze. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <okay. laughs> I, I just want. I just looked up G, uh, uh, Gen Con history, though, and it was um, first held in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Yeah. A smoke on the water fame. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe two combined, you know? Dragons, smoke on the water. Woo! That's so, yeah. it. Anyway, all right, let's neats and twos it. Neats and twos. It's neats and twos. Neats and 2s <laughs> All right, everyone. Need some twos? What have we got going around the uh, game escape at the moment, Matt? Uh, I'm just going to make with a bit of news. Yeah, uh, we talked to uh,
1: Christoph Rambert the other day. Yeah, uh, the did last podcast, and he alluded to the fact that they were developing it, uh, Cult Express, into an app. Yeah, and that app is uh, scheduled to hit very soon. We've seen some preliminary photos on uh, the Ludnot website and also through Board Game Geek. But uh, it's happening in October,
0: and it's on the Seven and Facebook page it is as well. At the moment, dropped, Jamie yeah. did a post uh, just showing it off there. So. It looks
1: it looks stunning, you know. To be honest, it looks like yeah, it looks really good. It, it kind of looks like it's taken the board game, yeah. literally. The 3D train and turned it into a three three D model of the train on the screen. So I'm very excited. This is going to be an instant buy for me. Peter sure.
0: West has nailed it though because he said, "Is there virtual train building as part of this?" Though <laughs> that was one of the comments. Well, well
1: done, <laughs> nailed it,
0: right? I think he's got he's onto something there because that was the, the first game and the be, one of the best games of doing Cult Express yeah. is building the trains. We had a ball that night, didn't we, Matt? Yep, sure did. Um, all right. Well, what else is happening? Uh, um, speaking of Cult Express, yes.
2: Competition's going off.
0: It is. It's going off. Yeah. We keep there, saying. There's,
2: uh, there's a cute little com- comment on there. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Turk has said that he, uh, he thought it was a great giveaway and a great podcast, and he's right.
0: Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> but he's
2: added it to his podcast collection as number 37. I'm wondering if that's a lucky number or something. Is that
0: If that's 37, if he listens to 37 podcasts in a week, then uh, he's got a big commute. That's all I can say. He probably <laughs> no. spends more time commuting than, uh, than working.
1: Um, I yeah. like David Scott's um, comment. My old local paper was the Latrobe Valley Express, and every time I hear about this game, I feel, I feel like how awesome my childhood would have been if I had a train experience like this in my regional
0: Victoria. <laughs> really? What do we <laughs> say about that? Because I don't know if if getting onto a train and having it held up and getting robbed was the sort of experience that you'd want. It sounds uh, like
3: regional Victoria to me. It does. Oh yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> very good. He also let lets us know that we've, it's
1: a good podcast and, as always, keep it up. So thanks for that, uh, David.
0: Uh, yeah, oh, was um, a, f- a friend of mine jumped in there and you guys were saying you liked his comment and I've only just found it now. Uh, and we didn't respond to it. How cruel is that? But and Andrew Candy with, I don't know, after donning my spurs, they went all Capone on me. You can get much further with a kind word and a gun than you can with a kind word alone. And he said, sorry, actually, that sounds like... Sound advice for this game I'm in. Is that a quote from something that I'm unaware of?
1: Um, you're, you're on your own. I'm, I can't even find it. No, oh. I'm unaware of it as well.
0: You guys both said oh, I, wait, I, loved, I loved his comment, and um, I I'll, I'll love your comment too, Andrew. That was yeah, really good. Yeah,
1: Because of course he's talking about. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, Capone, donning my spurs, they went all. Donning my spurs, they went all Capone on me. You can get much further with a kind word and a gun than you can with a kind word. Alone. I thought it just sounded like good um, like good advice. is he just has he just like made that up? I think he's been a sage yeah I don't know that's fantastic if he has oh well if it was up to us, but it's not uh, that's <laughs> as easy as it gets. you put a comment in and um, good games HQ will draw that out of the hat and uh, within you've got one week left. this drops on Monday. Within a week, yep. uh, the next winner will be drawn, and then we'll be looking at uh, code names.
1: That size silver's <coughs> comment. Yeah,
0: looks fun. Smiley face. Uh, yeah, my comment in response is fun. Smiley face back at you. That's like a little <laughs> in- internet high-five there, yeah, really, <laughs> really, So that's as easy as it is. Yeah, but we do love the good ones that um, make us think and, and uh, make, a, make us laugh a little bit. It's, it's good for everyone because that's the gaming community we're talking about. You make, make other people smile, but if you're just not feeling it on the day, just go, yep, here's my comment. I'm feeling miserable. That's all you're getting out of me. Yeah. That would be an entry. All right, so, um, yeah, so Colt Express is it for another week at least. And uh, you can go into your good game stores, grab 10% off of that if you state the password Reach for
1: the Sky.
0: Yeah, Reach it, for the Sky. At any good game store from Perth to Hurstville to Moora to Coffs Harbor and now all the way to Indianapolis. Wow. Yeah, we're everywhere, man. Uh, Save a fistful of dollars. And this lasts only for the month month of August. You've got uh, a few days left. And if it's not enough, get in a comment like we were saying on the Facebook post. It's always pinned to the top of our Facebook page, Facebook forward slash Seven Land Hand. It's the easiest competition in the world. Um, And how can you email us? Podcast at sevenlandhand.com that's it uh yeah i actually ran into the guy uh who listens to the magic podcast that we do which there is one coming up very shortly where i've gathered Mm. after everyone's disappeared to gen con and disappeared (laughs) to what was it i think it was uh pro Pro tour manchester something like that yeah Yeah. he's chomping at the bit and kai's played the matt role and just sat here in in old wa just waiting for (laughs) us to come back so we're all ready to go yeah matt's uh, aaron's ready to go um so there'll be a magic one coming up. And I ran into a guy who just listens to the magic podcast. And um, he was the one that he was the guy that said, Oh, I'd feel silly to enter the competition. And I said I said to him, Well, you'd feel silly not to, wouldn't you? It's just so easy. <laughs> and he actually when I ran into him a second time, he said, Well, actually what I did was I told him my friends about it, and immediately I told my friends about it, uh, one of them won. That was Hannah Kleinack. Wow.
4: And no, you remember, wow, remember that's her? Cool.
0: Yeah, so that's how that came about. So I was like, see, you need to enter, buddy. You know, it's as easy <laughs> as that. Your friends are winning it. So, yeah. Um, what else have we got left? Yeah, any uh, time you comment and we mention it, we'll send you out a Hyper Magic Nerd Badge, although... I don't know. If, I love looking around now. I don't know if we've got many left.
1: Well, if, if you want one, get in contact with us at yeah. the, uh, email, on get the email address. In,
0: get in touch with Invictus Stream. They've got four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've actually landed now.
1: <laughs> we'll ask them to send them back.
0: Yeah, yeah. We go, oh, we need a few. No, we'll print up some new stuff. Actually, get in touch and tell us what we should do for some merch next up. I mean, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Maybe I know.
1: time to change the badge.
0: Yeah, we could change the badge. We could do something different. We could, uh, I don't know. The world is our oyster. What do you moment.
1: want? What You tell us what you want. Yeah,
0: tell us what you want. Get in touch. Podcast <laughs> at sevenlandhand.com or just jamie at sevenlandhand.com and just oh, tell yeah, him. Yeah, sure. Put it all on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jamie will organize it for us. Fantastic. Custom
2: scarves. Here we go.
0: <laughs> scarf. Sevenlandhand scarf. My God. Start knitting. Yeah, Jamie will knit them all for you. That'd be great, wouldn't it? That? Seven. Now yeah,
1: that's something you don't see every day.
0: It wouldn't be, would it? Yeah, it's like, well, I love the love the way that uh, dragon's been crocheted into the end of your scarf. That's yeah, it. Jamie from Seven One did that for me. Only yeah. <laughs> took him four weeks, <laughs> and he's got the first one done. Yeah, what you wouldn't want is like someone winning it who had an enormous neck. You know, <laughs> they'd be knit, you'd have to be knitting it for like, and you're like. Six months. Maybe they could be. uh, That's
2: generally people's first concern when they're making a scarf.
0: (laughs) How big is your neck, by the way? Grandma said to me when I was a kid, (laughs) "I'll knit you a scarf." But come on, you're getting a fat neck, son. It's like I'm not. I can't keep this up all the time.
1: Maybe they could be um, plushy
0: Cthulhu scarves. There you go. Every, okay. Plus, you, Cthulhu, anything's good except <laughs> if you're in Providence and you're looking for any kind of H.P. Lovecraft thing. That's no, my thanks. Providence gripe. No one in po- Providence is aware of H.P. Lovecraft, while the rest of us are going bonkers for him.
1: Unbelievable.
0: I know. So next fortnight, and which is not next fortnight, it's next week. Actually, um, we'll be getting together and doing this next next week and recording a Code Names yep. um, podcast. <laughs> So that I can already tell you is brilliant. I've, we've had a bit of a couple of games, haven't we, Matt?
2: bury yep. the lead,
0: uh, loving it. it.
1: Only one Spiel des Jahres. Let's just mention it. Yeah,
0: it did. Go back to the top of the show and listen to Martin talking about it. That he was uh, playing it all Gen Con long. That was my first exposure to it. Was just seeing him playing it with with people in in the Spiel des Jahres. Uh, playing with booth. people the way it should be played. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we'll find out a bit more about that next week if you haven't already uh yeah and uh next month sometime so that's going to be what what are we is that dare i say september 2016 we've got
1: coming up um yeah it will be so in
0: in september well i think we're going to have more podcasts than we can um, point the internet out so we've got mtg boys are going to be back in town so kai and aaron are going to line up and tell us all about uh, everything Kaladesh and what the uh, thought I've been of... I've
4: wondering what the Guru's been up to.
0: Yeah, he'll be... he's lost in a marsh somewhere. <laughs> I'll have to go find him. That's <laughs> always an adventure. Yeah.
1: There's a, a Belly of the Beast uh, yeah. RPG Google Hangout coming out soon with the Invictus Stream guys. So uh, that'll be in September-ish.
0: And we're talking to someone from Belly of the Beast. Ben Dutta. Yeah, next yep. month as well. So that's going to be cool. Uh Man, just too much stuff. Got a bit of research coming our way. Oh, I've got here that something about only in my notes here about um, madness. But that just reminds me of the Fantasy Flight's Mansions of Madness um, mm. bags that they had. I just wanted the bag. <laughs> I didn't necessarily want the game. I do want the game. Don't get me it was wrong. A
2: great bag. and it was a uh, fan- the a second edition of that game. Looks amazing.
0: It does, right? But just yeah. seeing people walk around Gen Con with that fabulous bag, I just was like, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just buy anything off of you, Fantasy Flight. Just give me one of those bags. <laughs> Shut so, up
1: and take my money.
0: Here's twenty. Twenty US play money dollars. That doesn't make any sense to me. Give me one of those bags. <laughs> All right. And the
2: queue to get into Fantasy Flights booth was just
4: ridiculous.
0: Yeah, uh, but there was that was something that we'll have to uh, talk about. Well, maybe later on in the year with the um, the Eric Lang stuff. There was a lot of Eric Lang lookalikes. I tell you, really, yeah, a lot of guys wearing big sunglasses and looking a lot like Eric M. Lang, <laughs> and make, making me go, "Oh, Eric." Uh, Oh, maybe oh, it's no, not him. Don't worry about some it. Other guy. Yeah. Uh, I want to know
1: what this buzz is behind Seafall.
0: Yeah, we'll have to get into that because that sold out within seconds. This is more Gen Con news. Apparently, they had a truckload of it in the convention. Mm. They, uh, I saw it there when I got in in the morning. Yeah, they opened the doors to exhibitors and VIGs, these special creatures called Very Important Gamers. I think exhibitors weren't allowed to buy the Seafall until 10 o'clock. VIGs were, and everybody else that was outside waiting to attend was allowed to buy it at 10 o'clock because so they opened the doors and let them in. By the time they opened the doors and let everybody in, I think they were all sold out.
1: Yeah, those was,
0: truckloads uh, had disappeared.
1: Apparently, there was only a couple of copies left.
0: yeah, and they went very quickly if there were if it was that so um, yeah't I don't, I don't know what the buzz is yet I'll have to find out.
1: We'll have to speak to Rob Davio about it.
0: There you go. Call up Rob. you got his phone number? We'll do, <laughs> we'll do that now
1: well, I'll, I'll find it It's in my <laughs> reference somewhere.
0: <laughs> okay. Shall we do an outro? Yeah, let's do that. Let's play some music and uh, say goodbye to Gen Con 2016, hey? I'd like to thank Martine,
1: uh, Eli and, Ma- and uh, Tom. Yeah, thanks, for, Tom. We're only having fun.
0: If you listen back to this, we're only having fun.
1: For uh, giving up your time and being so gracious to speak to, uh, to, uh, to David and, and to Jamie. Yeah, and, uh, making, wandering yeah around
2: I'd really it. like to thank Tom on that count. <laughs> yeah,
1: wandering around the convention centre with our, uh, our, our voice recorder. <laughs> making their Gen Con 2016 experience a complete and fuller one. Oh, absolutely. I'd also like to thank Jamie for joining us. at such a late hour. I know he's persevered and is probably falling asleep behind the microphone over there. But uh, thank you again, Jamie, for joining us.
2: Any time, man. It's so much fun.
0: Well, you Pictures. say
1: any time. How about next Friday? For,
0: <laughs> we'll record a bit of code names. Sounds like a plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, David, as the rain falls gently yeah. on the mainly on the plane of the roof above. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for uh, at least having a roof. Yeah.
0: Keeping the beer flowing. We're just going that's generic it. tonight, haven't we? We have. We're, we're all sponsored by very, very generic beer tonight. But <laughs> maybe next week we'll find something a bit more special that we can talk about. It's the lemon that's the highlight. It is the lemon that's the highlight. I think I drink this beer just because I'm needing citrus, <laughs> <laughs> I'm needing some vitamin C. It's, so I gotta, go.
1: I've got to keep that scurvy at bay. Yeah, I know. I
0: need. I need a beer. I've got to keep the scurvy at bay.
1: <laughs> and it's no. it. So uh, take care, gentle listener, and uh, yeah. we'll see you off soon. Into the
0: night. Oh, look at that beautiful, listen to that beautiful music. (laughs) Good night. Good night.
2: See you later.